0: Necro Thursday and we're rolling into the Christmas season so it's appropriate that we have a Christmas movie. Would you agree
1: Mike? Yes. Oh hello listeners. This is Mike Scandato. I'm back. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, it is appropriate that we do a Christmas horror. If uh, you're a long time listener you would know that we, we've done some Christmas horrors over the years um, and yeah this, this new one uh we felt to be you know as mike said apropos but yeah i uh i got ill i had this fucking horrible bronchitis and uh you know then thanksgiving season came so missed a few weeks but uh i am okay and i am here how you doing mike i'm doing
0: good doing good i uh i was recently overseas for a few days and that was mm. uh, a lot of a lot of fun got to hang out with one of my best friends Ralph Schmidt who mm-hmm. uh, you guys might know him if you listen to everything went black Ralph and I do a bunch of stuff together over there and it was just uh
1: really fun yeah Ralph's a cool guy he he uh friend of the show as they say he uh he he hit me up about my old band confusion actually oh, and yeah. uh, I was telling him about that and uh he was asking me questions about old Brooklyn hardcore stuff and we had a nice little chat what's up mr ralph yeah ralph is
0: uh a student of music like he mm. he's interested in all aspects of all different genres of music
1: yeah i mean that's kind of like you and me that's yeah? right
0: that's right that's why we um, all
1: get along so well and probably probably and then uh mike and i saw each other on friday uh Silvertomb played friends of ours uh members of uh, Typo and Inhuman at St. Vitus. That was a good time. It was a
0: lot of fun. Got to see some people that I haven't seen in a while, most notably uh, Nick Angelari who was filming yes. on drums.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Nick did some time in uh, Inhuman and Silver Tomb and Tombs.
0: That's right. He played guitar right. in Tombs
1: uh-huh. for about a year, just on tour. That's right. That's right, man. What's up, Mr. Nick? He's a listener of the show. Um, yeah, it was a good time. And then afterwards, you know, they were playing like the goth industrial tunes and get getting my dance on, you know, I don't know if people want to have that image in their head, but you know, <laughs> it's there now it's out there, uh, with Stella and everybody hanging out. And, uh, yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun.
0: You know, I was thinking about hanging out for the goth night. I, um,
1: I was kind of on the fence about it, but then I started getting tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, sometimes Friday, like, you know. You, like if, if you're at a show and it's like after midnight or whatever over a certain time you, you definitely have the week weighing it on you you know on a friday once you know maybe not every friday but certainly some fridays
0: i was uh, extra shot on friday because i like i was saying i was out of the country so i flew back on monday but mm-hmm. while i was gone I was staying up until like five o'clock in the morning every night because of the time change, <laughs> yeah. and still, still getting up at like eight thirty though to do stuff that I had to do while I was there. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah, so it was very. I, I only I was sleeping four hours a night. Then there's the the long ass flight, you know, from Cologne mm-hmm. to Zurich, Zurich mm-hmm. to JFK, then JFK drive back to New Jersey.
2: And yeah, that's a, that's uh, I was a
0: dragging ass all week. So then when Friday rolled around, you know, I I definitely pulled myself through for the show, but the uh, dance party afterward, that I, I had to take a rain check on that one.
1: Yeah, there'll be other dance parties, Mr. Hill. You that's know, right, there'll, Phil. there'll be other ones. You know, you'll be able to dance the night away another time. Um, listeners, as we said, you're listening to the Necromaniacs podcast coming to you every single Thursday. Uh, via all the usual podcast channels, uh, we like to give out some plugs early on in the show, don't we, Mike?
0: Oh yeah, we got the uh,
1: four horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse,
0: but That's There's right. actually more than four of us now. So it's it's, uh,
1: a, it's a five horse it's a it's a you know five horsemen, I guess five yeah, horsemen. The horsemen. <laughs> period. The horsemen. <laughs> the horsemen. Yes. Um, who do we got on Monday? Monday
0: we have Brandon Legions horror wolf 666 another okay. horror podcast he is mm-hmm. primarily focused on having interviews with new jacks old school new school up and comers old mm-hmm. guard everybody under the sun that's creating horror content in this wide world that we live in
1: i uh, just listened to his eugene uh, robinson interview and man If that is not one of my favorite people to to listen to be interviewed, I don't know who is. Uh, He's always got something interesting to say. I always learn something new about him and his life every time he's on uh, any kind of podcast. So uh, that was a lot of fun to listen to, for sure. Uh, On Tuesday, we have Into the Necrosphere, your one-stop shop for all extreme metal, right, Mike? That's right. Currently on winter break. And I'm, yes.
0: I'm bummed because I I look forward to that show every Tuesday.
1: Yeah, he'll be back uh, early in the new year on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we have the one that started it all, Mike Hill's own, Everything Went Black, whereas Necromaniacs is horror-focused. Everything Went Black is could be, well, almost anything, right, Mike?
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, tomorrow's episode, I'm having uh, Josh Barnett the uh, former UFC heavyweight champion. <laughs> it's actually uh, going to be you one go. of fight guests. A yeah. Show. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally different. Uh, coming to you on Thursday is the podcast you're listening to right now. Necromaniacs podcast, of course. And on Friday, you have my brother, my actual brother, Mr. John Draper, with Break the Apocalypse for your medic social commentary needs. And coming to you, on sunday because we skip saturday is who mike
0: the dark lord carl high brings you soul knocks for that all things, right. all things occult and eerie and saturday yeah. go out get some vitamin d get some sunlight mm-hmm. get your steps in you know take a break take a break feel the grass with your bare feet like
1: that kind of thing <laughs> you know what i mean exactly yeah Uh, because winter is coming, (laughs) and uh, you you might not be able to get outside too much very soon. I don't know. I have a funny feeling we're going to get a lot of snow here in the Northeast, but I guess we'll see. Um, What have I been checking out, watching, and enjoying? Uh, I finished American Horror Story New York City, and and Mike and I were chatting a bit about it at uh, St. Vitus, and uh, quite a harrowing, depressing season, but an enjoyable season nonetheless. It was a very big riff on uh William Friedkin's cruising, of course, mixed with the AIDS explosion in New York City in nineteen in the early nineteen eighties. And it made for some depressing bedfellows, to say the least, Mike, huh?
0: Definitely, man. Um, very heavy. Very, very the ending. I mm-hmm. was like when 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 it was over, I was like, damn, what do I what do I do now? Mm. How am I supposed to like go on after the end of the show? It just
1: bummed me out so much, man. Yeah, um, I mean, full full disclosure, spoiler alert: everyone dies. So it was a bit much. Um, no, literally, no survivors. So it was quite a season. Um, I mean, it, it it took a different turn for for American Horror Story. I would say, even though I don't even follow it as closely as Mike does, I know that it's certainly not. The, the the crime drama that this season was, right?
0: Usually not. Uh, usually there's a supernatural element to it or some sort mm-hmm. of... Like, last. the last one was, like, vampires for half the season, and mm-hmm. then the second half was, like, a Roswell like alien riff, which they had, like, this, like, split season where two different stories happened. It was kind of cool, you know?
2: Right.
1: Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, still, it was really enjoyable, but, you know, definitely... I don't know. I don't I don't think it's for everybody at all. Do you? I, I don't you know.
0: This season mm. was definitely not for everybody. I mean yeah. my one criticism, and you and I talked about this a little bit on Friday, was that uh it's a little one or it's like maybe one or two episodes too long. You know mm. what I mean? Yes.
1: Yes. Um because like the like the basis for it, the whole cruising basis. I I felt like they they did as much with that as they could have, you know, for a multi-multi-hour season, okay? But the addition of the AIDS story, which was, say, you know, you could say the other half of the show, was good. I don't know. I just felt the season itself, it did have its dragging moments. That's what I thought, you know?
0: But it was incredibly well acted. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there was... uh... So new faces, some old faces, you know, mm-hmm. really, really good, really well done, yeah. excellent. Cool music, music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Shadow play by Joy Division was
1: featured in there. Yes, and then, dude, the very first episode featured one of the one of the actual songs in Cruising, like you know. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm ready, I'm in. So you know,
0: <laughs> and there's a scene that was lifted directly from Cruising that features in uh, I think the third or fourth episode.
2: Mm-hmm so yeah
1: i mean it's so we haven't sold it enough that yeah you know i think we've done a decent job selling it fans of uh you know cruising and the american giallo and edgy edgy content uh you know definitely check out this latest season of american horror story uh i finished andor on disney plus which is i will say the most adult thing star wars has ever done um takes place five years before rogue one and before this rogue one would probably be the most serious star wars content ever made you know this is more serious and it's almost like i don't know it has like these this like a a blade runner-esque quality and very dramatic and very smart and adult and just fucking so good uh i enjoyed every moment of it i was bummed when it was over uh have you checked that out at all i i have been uh pretty remiss on watching mm-hmm. all the star wars
0: stuff on um on disney i i but mm-hmm. I, I heard a lot of good things about this one
1: you might dig this and it's something that you can just put on uh you don't need to have seen i mean you know maybe just have seen the original movies four five and six uh, yeah. maybe you know yeah you don't really need to know too much here because it predates the Rogue One film, which is, you know, came out a couple of years ago, which I fucking loved. So uh, enjoyed the hell out of that. And um, may upset some listeners here. I attempted the Wednesday series, which is like on fire right now. And one of the most watched things on Netflix and everybody loves it and blah, blah, blah. And well, I think I look, I'm a 49 year old male. OK. <laughs> i am not a 14 year old girl so the show to me i by the third episode i got through four episodes mind you okay by the third episode i went why are like so many people my age and older than me super into this show when to me it's clearly a young adult kids teenage show um i guess it's the tim burton thing but it didn't even feel it didn't even feel all that tim burtony to me like maybe a little you know um the performances are great don't get me wrong good cast but i was just like i'm i'm not into this like a you know a, a girl going away to like high school and i'm just like i i don't know man i'm just like i i did give it a shot you know um to me, the best thing about it is the the close of uh, I think uh, episode four, when they give uh, the Cramps' "Goo Goo Muck" their their love, and now that became one of the most you know downloaded songs and yada 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 and inspiring a dance on TikTok and whatever YouTube, and hey, putting money into the pockets of the Cramps is great and getting exposure for them is great, but the TV show is not for me, Mike yeah I
0: I, uh passed on that I, I I just took one look at it and I was like man I'm I'm not
1: gonna check this out really you know now I would bet the farm some of our listeners enjoyed the hell out of it, and that's fine I'm not ragging on people who enjoyed it I'm just saying for me for me as 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 who I am I just it's just I don't know it's the equivalent of watching I don't know, a Nickelodeon show. I don't know. It's just, I just, I can't, I couldn't do it, like, you know? And I just didn't feel all that Tim Burton either for me. I don't know. Or well, maybe it's because when I saw those older Tim Burton movies, Edward Scissorhands, etc., I was a younger man. So those movies resonate with me because I saw them young. Seeing this at 49 has zero resonance and i'm wondering if a 40 something who attempted to see edward scissorhands back in the day wasn't super into it but i feel like i don't know i feel like maybe 40 somethings were super into edward scissorhands back then because it it's better than what wednesday is i don't know am i crazy no i mean edward scissorhands had some like
0: uh you know adult flavored commentary you know mm-hmm. and and um I felt like that was a lot more contemporary, you know. I mean, I yeah. can't say I can't say anything about Wednesday because I haven't seen it, you know. Yeah, I've, I haven't only, seen it. I've only read I, and, and the and the things I've heard are very mixed about it. Actually, Mm-hmm. you know, I um, um, I've been listening. Yeah. I listened to um, Evolution of Horror, the British mm-hmm. uh, podcast, and okay. um,
1: they were kind of lukewarm on it. Actually, interesting. I think it's just it's definitely got the fan buzz, and it's got like the pop culture buzz when you have that it almost doesn't even fucking matter what the reviews say right true um they got the eyes you know uh but it's funny you you mentioned that podcast i've also in the past five six weeks dug deep on uh charles band's full moon freak show podcast which i listen to every week now and uh for other listeners looking for other horror content i would recommend mr band's show uh, I don't listen to many uh, horror podcasts at all, as like you know Mike has said himself. Uh, but I am listening to this one because he's a very likable guy, and he's like old school '70s, '80s horror guy, so that's right up my alley. Yeah, I listen to two. You know, I
0: listen to you know the, the Charles Band one, and I listen mm-hmm. to uh, the uh, Evolution of Horror, which is a uh, right yeah. You know, yeah, these these guys are te- are not part of the horsemen, but they're right. They're like re- <laughs> recommended. They're rec- highly yeah. recommended shows. Outside of the family, they're outsiders. Course. Yeah,
1: they're outside <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, what about you? Any anything you know you excited on or you you dug? Surprisingly, I've been on this Netflix tear, mm. and
0: uh, yeah, so I checked out Troll. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it it's fun. You know, it's <laughs> basically a monster movie, high budget Scandinavian. Um, yeah, it's just like a Michael Bay like monster flick. It's kind of cool. I I I thought it was fun, you know, for sure. I'm nice. about uh mostly through 1899. And What is that? Yeah. Uh, dude, it's got my name all over it, man. It's it's <laughs> like weird fiction um there's like Lovecraftian elements to it. It's uh it's a period piece, but there's also like time travel and like interdimensional travel and mm. but and it also is a little bit like Event Horizon except it's on a boat. Oh um, wow. It it's really really cool. It's hard to describe. Um if you like dark that
1: European
0: um series
2: yeah,
1: I need to get back on that horse. Like, I watched an episode or two, and then I don't know, something happened in, in real life, and I jumped off. It's brought to you by the same people
0: who. Oh, who okay, did that. okay. You know, and it's, there's a lot of different languages being spoken too, which contribute to mm. the disorientation because there's a lot of it has to do with people not understanding what other people are saying. You know, there's like mm. English, German, um, you know, Scandin- some Scandinavian languages are being spoken, French. Spanish,
2: okay.
0: yeah, it's really really cool. Um, the Stranger, Australian film, The Stranger, yeah, Sean Harris is in it mm-hmm. as well as Joel Ed- Ed- Edgerton. Another mm-hmm. uh, Sean Harris, of course, is uh, he played Ian Curtis in Twenty Four Hour Party People, among, oh, yeah. among other things. Great, great actor, very intense guy. The Stranger is like one of those slow moving, a lot of dialogue it's australian so it has just that hard ass like australian vibe to it you know what i mean Mm. crime drama um but just uncomfortable it's got like this edgy like feel to it uh has to do with murder uh police investigations and it's uh very atmospheric i highly recommend checking
1: it out nice uh i also am all caught up on the excellent uh let the right one in uh oh, oh, yeah, yeah. wild season finale there oh boy uh I'm not gonna say a word about that show uh i'm assuming a bunch of listeners enjoy it and but uh it was quite a harrowing ending there for that one and uh on the non-horror front i am gonna put it out there finished uh this new season of the white lotus and it, it was it was fucking fantastic i really liked it on uh, hbo
0: yeah i gotta catch that one too for sure
1: yeah, really good quality show. It's coming back for season three apparently in Japan. This uh, season two was in Italy. It was just just such a good show. Um, tonight, as we said at the start of the show, kids, uh, we're giving you a Christmas horror film. Does the world need another Christmas horror film? Of course it does. What do you think, Mike? Of
0: course. Well, you know something, man. You remember a few years ago, you and I every year we did a Christmas horror episode. And yeah, we, we mm-hmm. were this we ran out
1: of good good films to talk about we did and now thankfully 2022's christmas season brings us one that i will say right off the bat i will watch every year and that is joe bagos christmas bloody christmas which literally came out days ago it came out last friday december 9th the night you and i were at him. how about that mike yeah just literally a few days ago yeah so brand new film Fresh, fresh out the oven. Um, full disclosure: I have never seen a Joe Bagos film before this one, Michael. Shame on me. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I, I think I was telling
0: you this that way back in the day when I first discovered that you could rent movies on iTunes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had like a smart TV, like my first Apple TV, and I was like, oh shit, I don't have to leave the house. I can just rent these movies, the first thing I did is go to the horror section and I came across Almost Human in Mind's Eye and that's how I got my introduction to Joe Bagos.
1: Wow, yeah. um, I enjoyed this film very much so I'm going to go back and watch his four other films. Uh, VFW from uh, 2019 was one that I've been meaning to watch and I've thought about it and thought about it but for some reason it has eluded me uh bliss is one that i i've I've seen that cover art you know but i didn't even know that he was the director of it that's another one i've wanted to see so uh gonna watch those and i'm definitely going to watch the mind's eye and almost human because uh i enjoyed this film mike
0: bliss is probably my favorite film that those guys have done it's uh bigos and he has an editor josh ethier that he works with. So there's like two guys involved in a lot of these productions. I don't think Josh mm-hmm. was involved on this particular project. But yeah, Bliss is like one of my favorites. I think I, I would recommend that one before checking out VFW. And I want you. It's interesting. I, I saw that sure. movie and I was picking up uh, Driller Killer vibes with like vampires. Nice. Yeah. Yeah very cool it's very very Um, interesting
1: for some reason joe bagos does not have a wikipedia page his movies have wikipedia pages but he does not have one which is very odd for a man on his fifth film uh and his movies have a buzz so maybe perhaps after this one maybe in like a few weeks you know he'll have his own actual page so i thought that was very odd um But, yeah, he seems like a guy, and I I said this before we started rolling, he seems like a guy that you and I would hang out with and know. You know, that's like kind of the vibe I got just from watching this movie. Um, It's got a a metalhead heart, okay, without being really a metal movie. And another thing this movie, uh, this Christmas film, Christmas Bloody Christmas does, is that it shows characters – that are kind of really metalheads, but they're not like some ridiculous pantomime. They're not like some kind of, you know, impresario metalhead nonsense. They're real people. What do you think, Mike?
0: Oh, 100%. They're they're not stereotypes. And I want to add that
1: Jeff actually knows Joe Bagos ah okay <laughs>
0: yeah
1: our uh, our co-host uh uh jeff kashid is is uh someone who knows the director that's awesome
2: yeah
1: um well hopefully mr bagels will hear this episode and uh yeah hats off but no that that's the vibe i got again having just about zero knowledge okay of the prior films and really zero knowledge of of him as a director uh watching literally just the first say 30 minutes of this film i was like i feel like these characters are a people i know you know or b people or it could be me like you know that's it's just this interesting vibe i got from the movie mike very good dialogue like he captures the um banter
0: that people have i mean it opens up in like a a record store Mm
2: -hmm. and uh
0: and there's actual you know you recognize the artists you know what i mean like the one of the yeah. main the actress who plays the actually the the final girl in the film yeah mm-hmm. she has like a cephalic carnage uh patch mm-hmm. they're referring to actual bands
1: yeah you know. and real and real music and again it's not it's done in a way that's like thoughtful is the word i don't know if that's the right word but it's just not some goofy nonsense hollywood metalhead nonsense and as someone who is a metalhead boy am i sick of seeing that you know <laughs> also real
0: quick uh shout out to farron loathing and uh death Crux for the mm. uh track in the beginning of the film they uh contributed some music to this as well as persecutor another great band from uh from los angeles there's like see it's like some down home like grassroots shit going on with this movie
2: yeah,
1: that's great. And and I noticed uh, a, a, at the record store a, a witch vomit poster, which is an excellent death metal band from the West Coast. And uh, there's a scene where there's an Immortal Bird record, uh, a, a, another death metal band. So, uh, yeah, M- M- Mr. Bagos parks his car in the same garage as us, Mike, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, let's give a little cast rundown uh, of the film. Uh, we have, uh, Riley Dandy as Tory Toombs. She's basically the star of the show here. Uh, Sam Delich as Robbie Reynolds, who works at the shop or works for, uh, her, I would say, uh, Jonah Ray as Jay, uh, Dora Madison as Lana, uh, Mr. Jeff Daniel Phillips. And I was like, is that Jeff Daniel Phillips? And yes, it was as <laughs> Sheriff Monroe. Uh, he's great as always, uh abraham ben ruby as santa claus uh interesting like there is you know we'll get to the the whole santa thing but there are scenes where it looks extremely animatronic and i guess there are scenes where it looks like oh okay that is a guy in there and i guess that guy is abraham ben ruby uh jeremy gardner as officer smith graham skipper as mike and kansas bowling as liddy Um, this movie is currently streaming exclusively on shutter, but it is playing in theaters right now, Mike Really? Yeah, it has a theatrical. Um, I when I first looked it up actually it even it it showed some of the ones in the new York area it's playing at so Yeah, that's fucking cool. Um, I mean, it's basically very easy to see I mean if you have shutter you just put on shutter If you're in the New York City area, it's playing at Cinema Village uh, on Twelfth Street, which is really cool. Um, And just you know, it's playing in White Plains at City Center uh, 15. Uh, So yeah, it's out there. This might be a a fun movie to see in the theater. I think. Oh no, definitely, definitely. Um, And it's funny. Before I saw the movie, and before you know, I knew we were even going to cover it. uh, Bagos was on uh charles Band's podcast and that was about two weeks ago and again it was in my head fuck i need to see these guys movies because i thought it was such a cool interview and i'm like fuck man like this this is like my kind of shit why have i not seen these films and sure enough here we are tonight we're covering one of his movies and i'm gonna get on the goddamn horse mike
0: absolutely man i like i said i i've been a fan Uh, for many years, and uh, I just feel like his work has gotten better and better, you know, and and this movie's fun, you know what I mean, Mm. and once again, it adds his own flair to what's a pretty standard storyline, really, you know what I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a fucking killer animatronic uh, Santa Claus, like,
1: Story, yeah it, you know. it starts out the movie starts out with these you know like these kind of like christmasy commercials or whatever and then it cuts to basically like a news story that says there has been uh a, a, a bunch of robotic santas have been recalled because of a malfunction uh you know like the government spent this money uh, on these <laughs> these like, killing machines basically and you know uh the malfunction reverts it to its original programming which is to kill uh, so we've got we've got Terminator vibes here and uh, you know Bagos Be- said uh, on the band podcast that that's literally his favorite movie of all time and you can definitely tell by watching this movie that he loves Terminator but it also has a Silent Night Deadly Night vibe to it which is also interesting because at one point uh, Bagos was tapped to do a remake of Silent Night Deadly Night but apparently the guys or, or the company uh, the powers that be who own that property weren't into his idea and his idea was kind of this idea for christmas bloody christmas in a way um so he was like i'll make my own fucking movie and that's what he did so
0: yeah i mean the the plot is uh pretty preposterous really but th- no it's, not, it's it, not about the plot this movie's about just like it's like a rock and roll movie man it's like a midnight movie
1: you know yeah i mean it's, it, it, you know, it, the budget looks pretty decent. Like, it, I mean, it's it looks almost like mid-budget. Like, you know, it's like the, the kill scenes are really cool, you know. Um, and I think the Santa effects are really cool once Santa kind of gets a bit more kind of run down and robotic looking and more like a kill machine. And some of it reminded me of uh, one of our favorite films, Hardware, Mike.
0: I was thinking the same thing, man. That's, yeah. uh, you know,
1: definitely um, and nothing reminds me of hardware. So to finally see a movie that that has a little bit of that in it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it even reminded me of it in, in a way with some of the like the camera usage and the, and the music usage. you know, like there's that kind of like synthy dark score going on uh, towards the end of the movie and like you know, the final showdown and definitely has hardware vibes, along with Terminator also. but yeah. You know, it's, you know what I find
0: really funny is the fact that there exists Santa, like evil Santa stories. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like the fact that like Christmas horror is even a, a subgenre just makes me laugh. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because many many moons ago, okay, I I'm old enough to actually remember when um, Silent Night, Deadly Night actually hit theaters, and holy shit there were people at the at one of the local brooklyn theaters protesting the movie okay like the idea of a santa claus that murders you and murders children was like this outlandish disgusting thing back in christmas 1984 but all that really did was make the movie a lot of money (laughs) you know um but for in 1984 there was no subgenre of Christmas horror, Mike, as as what you're getting at.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it it definitely took took off though, you know. Yeah, Mul- no, it, multiple sequels, uh, franchises, you know, other other movies uh, being inspired by the idea of a murderous Santa Claus, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the coolest things uh, back then, and it was yeah, it was November ninth, eighty four. Silent Night, Deadly Night comes out. I don't see it until. 85 when it hits home video okay maybe even pre-christmas 85 or something it took took a long time back then uh as some of our older listeners will know to see a movie if you didn't see it in the theater um but it was it was like a cultural moment like because again there was no real precedent for something like this but i remember even the newspaper ads of like the, the 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 chimney with the Santa's hand with the axe. that shit is like embedded in my head like like it fucked me up as like a ten eleven year old, you know yeah, it was disturbing, you know, as a kid. I was eleven, yeah, eleven. yeah, yeah I and like... I was probably just turning the corner on being afraid of horror movies to liking horror movies, honestly. probably by eighty five is when I'm interested in horror movies because at one point, as I've said on the show, I was fucking scared of horror movies as a young kid. I didn't like them. Anything beyond, uh, you know, the Universal Monsters and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, I probably was not going to watch it. <laughs> sure.
0: I think I think all of us went through a little phase like that, you know?
1: Yeah, but it's funny, though. I, I do think, again, today things have changed so much. Eight and nine-year-olds are plopping down for Friday the 13th and Halloween and maybe even Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But if you're a parent and you're showing an eight or nine-year-old the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think that's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's problematic.
0: Well, um, what, one of the things I really dug about this film is just the... It's like you're almost in a totally different world, like with all the color and
1: all that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um. Yeah, I I didn't... It's, <sighs> I, you know it's definitely not LA. Uh it's California. Apparently it's northern California. Um which is I it looks like I believe where they shot it. Um but yeah, I mean it, it could be like a midwest town. It could be like you know what I'm saying? Like it was just it had this interesting vibe to it. You almost you, you didn't really know where it was, but it was some place that had a winter and it had snow and it, and it had a Christmas vibe which was fucking really cool. Yeah.
0: It would've been would have been really funny if they had it in los angeles with like no snow you know and all that
1: uh, i mean but that yeah like t- okay like terminator was los angeles right if i'm yeah. remembering correct- yeah. correctly correctly yep. but something like this with the christmas bent putting it in california i mean putting it in los angeles or southern california i don't know i i it wouldn't have been the same movie i i like the fact that it was cold out and it looked cold out and the actors looked cold and you know I think that was important, you know.
0: So yeah, there's um, really no uh, connection between the characters and the um, the killer Santa, really.
1: No, and <laughs> as you pointed out, we don't we don't learn why the I mean, okay, we kind of know, like we know the like the baseline why they went Santa's go berserk because they malfunctioned. But we don't we don't get a huge backstory though, like right? We don't we don't get a we don't see the government, or we don't see them being made, and we don't. Let's just think of don't we don't see the things we kind of just take at face value, like, up oh, the Santa has malfunctioned, you know?
0: Yeah, there's it's not like there's a you know a revenge angle or uh, you know like yeah. it's just this Santa's are going buck wild, they revert back to their uh, killing machine <laughs> programming yes and these are people just happen to be in the way basically
1: right they're in the way um basically the the particular santa is in another shop where you know the main character's friends work right and you know uh they're told that you know oh yeah the sand is being shipped out tomorrow or something and you know that there's been this malfunction in it or whatever and you know we're gonna get rid of it and blah 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 and then of course that couple in that other store, where the actual Santa is, are the first two to die. Um, that was a pretty sick kill scene, huh? During oh, yeah. during the, the copulation.
0: I think that there was uh, some ass eating that went on in that
1: scene. Yes, too. yes. <laughs> now you don't see that in a lot of, uh, you know, even indie horror. You don't really see a lot of that. No. Um no. you know that was it was nice to see. I've often uh <laughs> had some comments about the lack of nudity in films in the modern era and there was some some mild skin uh in the film but there was like a literal like ass eating like uh visual kind of yeah. And, and it was done tastefully though, might I? <laughs> yes, You know, okay, it's more about what you don't see than what you see. In the ass-eating scene, Mike. Correct.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty metal. You know what I mean. I thought. I thought. Yeah. It was, I thought it was. It was funny that they had
1: that in there. <laughs> now, okay. The main character, uh, Riley Dandy, who plays Tori Tombs. Tori Tombs is fucking awesome. Um, the one interesting thing is her. The, her sister is is like okay, played by actress Kansas Bowling. Her name is Liddy. Okay, apparently she lives with the sister and the sister's boyfriend Mike they they serve no purpose other than to die yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't I mean it's all I uh, full disclosure I actually had to rewind because it did I'm like wait oh there's another oh there's another couple in the house oh she doesn't live alone oh okay oh that's her sister like I was like I didn't know who that was at first like I had to rewind to, to get the dialogue of who that was. And then moments later, spoiler alert, dead, you
0: know <laughs> Yeah, I figured, you know, she's got her own place. The guy comes over, <laughs> they're making nachos, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like and then and I'm like, oh shit and- <laughs> Oh shit, there's like other people here. I didn't, yes, you know other wow. people in,
1: like in the in the apartment. It's a two bedroomer. Who knows? <laughs> you know? And it's you know, her sister's a, a you know pretty blonde girl and the boyfriend is this big dude Mike. And- <laughs> i thought that was almost like comical like they're they're there for literally no reason at all to other than to die but i will say finally a director has its main character acknowledge the death of someone close to them even if it's for a minute because i swear to god sometimes those scenes are forgotten in movies You know what i'm talking about the collateral damage reaction like like the aftermath of the killing of someone close even like or or a relative or whatever i feel like they they barely acknowledge it sometimes in 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 indie horror perhaps you know yeah and maybe even in big horror but she actually does have a bit of almost like a, a a mild like breakdown moment after her sister is dead and uh you know uh, Robbie's trying to get her out of the house and she's like, you know, she actually acknowledges that oh my god, my sister's fucking dead and so is the boyfriend. Remember that scene? I do.
0: And yeah, I just want to add that that's just uh, plays to the uh, the strength of uh Bagos's writing, you know? It's, yeah. Um it's yeah. just Yeah, okay, we have like a film where we got uh, you know, a, a, a Santa Claus killing machine and it's a bunch of deaths. But characterization is always
1: front and center. You know what I mean? Right. I swear to God, I've seen movies where people where people die and they're, they're, they're barely even... The name is even barely said two seconds later by that character who was either right next to them or right in... like I don't know. It's just kind of a funny thing to recognize in some movies. Um, but this was her actual sister, so it was a big fucking deal, you know? Um, anyway... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, the the crux of this movie is, is you know, trying to A, get away from Santa, and then B, turning into trying to kill Santa, because she's, you know, she's a fucking tough chick, final girl, as Mike said, um, but, you know, it, I, I feel like we should have said, uh, you know, the spoiler alert before we talk about some of this, because a lot of good people in this movie bite the dust, Mike. Yeah, you kind of
0: figure, though. You know, this this is the kind of movie where there's a high body count,
1: you know. Yeah, like a lot of the cool characters don't make it is you know what I'm trying to say. Um and and she literally does end up being a like a final girl. Uh you know, the cavalry doesn't come in this small town for this uh, poor woman.
0: And the ending, you know, not not to <laughs> you know, once again, spoiler alert, uh this is where it really did remind me of hardware. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, like, it's funny you said that because I was going to say it. I have it in my notes because, like, in, mm. hard, in Hardware, the Richard Stanley film, you know, there's a, there's a woman and a robot that's uh, hell-bent on destroying her, and it's, it's a drag-out battle between the two, and this mm. film, to me, kind of harkened back to that. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, this reminds me of uh, yeah. that excellent, uh, you know, hardware film. From back in the early '90s,
1: yeah, totally, totally. Um, and you know what? It's funny. Well, I, I said that this is one of the very few movies that has like has a bit of a respectful, um, you know, thought for its metalhead characters. Um, another movie we reviewed a couple of years back, Mike, about the the, the the painter. You remember that movie? It was like it was kind of had like a big buzz on it. I think it was also on Shutter. Oh Uh, um
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard candy
1: or something like that. Something
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So devil's candy or devil's Devil's candy
1: along those lines. I think I think think hard candy
0: was a porno movie,
1: actually. Yes, that's a good movie though. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um that's another one that where uh I actually was like, Okay, finally a movie that's like, you know, nobody's saying yay dude every five fucking seconds, you know.
0: (laughs) But that that one was like not that
1: great though no it, right it was good it wasn't great. I felt like so it was a little bit overhyped it was overhyped um this movie is a fun fucking Christmas horror movie listeners honestly uh you know it's it's not uh it, it, it's not the Godfather but it's not you know it, you, you're getting what you want and and you you come away with it very happy you put it on Mike that's a, that's my gist yeah
0: i i really enjoyed it i i'm going to watch this uh as part of my christmas ritual moving Mm. forward i think that it's a great movie to replace you know or or not even replace but just add to the canon of christmas horror films you
1: know oh yeah absolutely um and it'll be interesting to see you know what other people think of it because it's like brand new you know um there was that Christmas movie we covered. Was it, uh, was it silent night or I can't remember what it was called with the two young kids in the house. I mean, we've, we've done so many of these. I feel like, uh, I, I kind of want to go back and, and do like a bit of a Google search of all the Christmas horrors because I feel like I've seen so many, but there's definitely a few I've missed.
0: I know that I've missed a few because it's not really, uh, a su- the sub genre that I, I like really, you know what I mean? Um, you know there there's 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 some fun ones you know I try to watch one this time of yeah. year but uh this but, one really but, is something that I I fucking loved it man and yeah. it's going to be part of my uh viewing every
1: year I think I may even throw it on again this holiday season how
0: about yeah, that absolutely
1: yeah, yeah definitely um, what was I going to say there's a very funny moment where they make fun of of the uh, black christmas uh, remake did
0: you oh, catch yeah. that yeah there's a, actually there's a lot of references <laughs> in the film too
1: Yeah, it's... yeah they uh they about... do a nice dig at the 2019 uh black christmas from bloom house and they make fun of bloom house i have not seen that black christmas um i kind of want to just because um oh the movie i was thinking of a moment ago that i couldn't remember was, uh, what do you call it, Better Watch Out, that we enjoyed. Remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. That, yes. was, uh, that was actually really good.
1: Yes, it is good. That's uh, another recommendation for the newer listeners. But, yeah, I do want to see the other Black Christmas. I saw the one from earlier in the O's, which is not that bad. Remember, uh, I forget what year yeah. that one was. Yeah, yeah. The, the second remake.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie's been remade three times. Three times.
1: You, you really exactly.
0: only need the original, though
1: yeah and the original is just the shit i mean that i do watch every christmas season and every time i watch it it's it's fucking great even though i kind of i know what's coming it's still unsettling and it's still fucking awesome um but yeah uh let's get to the fucking nitty gritty what do you give christmas bloody christmas i give this one a four out of five Mike Hill, i also give it a four out of five and I I have to say I I tip my hat that it is it is also kind of named after my favorite black Sabbath album How about that Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath
0: that definitely uh, you know one of one of my
1: favorites is well the song is one of my favorite Sabbath songs mm-hmm. yeah. I, I have a big uh, big obsession with that album that's my number one Sabbath album um yeah uh, watch it on shutter go to the theater and see it you know uh, enjoy yourself um and pay attention to the dialogue if you're into metal music rock music you know right mike yeah it's just really well written you know that's one of his uh
0: strengths i think is um is his dialogue you know even mm-hmm. even even in his other films i think there's some pretty cool
1: dialogue awesome and my homework is is to check out his other films and have a a nice long stretch of no work mike i i will be off uh from the end of the day on the 20th and i don't go back till january 3rd so i right, i'm gonna watch all these movies
0: that's nice man
1: yes well deserved
0: i might yeah. say yeah man you know <laughs> um my favorite black sabbath uh album is um masters of reality uh-huh
1: yeah my my number two is volume four how
0: about that oh that's a solid one
1: man super on that yeah uh, yeah i love that record um oh as an aside uh if you have showtime and you like like the metal watch the dio documentary oh fantastic ah yes i have to watch that maybe i'll watch that later tonight really good uh you may choke up at the end of course but very good um yeah i enjoyed the hell out of it uh yeah uh, it's funny I keep forge- I almost keep forgetting that my, my Showtime is not the Showtime app, but it's the Paramount Plus app because I oh, paid a little oh. extra on my Paramount Plus to have Showtime. Nice. So it come it comes up through there. Kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's nice.
1: Man, there's so much stuff
0: to watch. Like there's uh Resurrection, there's all sorts of things that people are talking about that I need to catch up on.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, no no shortage of good stuff, people. Um, e- even though all the streamers are and media companies are firing people en masse, it's nice to know that there's still lots of content out there, Michael. Let me tell you. At the very least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like the Wild West out there at all the streamers. And uh, it, it's, it's sad. It's sad to see so many people losing their jobs and a lot of shakeups here and there. But, uh, you know uh i just want to throw it out there if you love horror and you could spare six dollars a month sign up for shutter that's i'm just gonna say it you know uh shutter is not a sponsor we don't work at shutter we don't even really know anyone that works at shutter i don't, but, know,
0: I don't know anyone at Shutter. exactly
1: <laughs> so you know there's been like some weird well not weird there's been tons of postings about things being you know potential shake-ups there and you know what would be the best thing subscribing so uh, subscribe and watch your subscription to Shudder. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen over there. Hopefully everything's going to be okay. I don't want to lose my damn Joe Bob. I don't want to lose my Shudder. So uh, yeah. If you uh, if you can afford it. Uh, and hopefully you can. Six bucks a month for Shudder is well worth it. I totally back yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely man. Um, ladies and gentlemen. Listeners, everyone, Uh, we will be back next week. And the week after next, Mike, can we do a little tease? The year in review.
0: All three of us are going to be together. And uh,
1: we wanted to wait to
0: the bitter end because there's been so many great movies that came out this year. And uh, we just want to make sure that our list has everything that we possibly could put on there. We've considered Mm -hmm. everything to come up with our, yeah. our
1: top things. <laughs> and uh in, in keeping with the the tradition of uh of our special into the necrosphere episode, which you better have checked out, uh Mike, Jeff and I are doing a top six each of the year. Top six. Plus an additional T V streaming section. So how about that, Mike?
0: Yeah. Wow. yeah. And just uh if you guys are wondering why it's six <laughs> means, uh, you know, there's three of us, so it's six, six, six. The number of that's beasts. right, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, who's more metal than that? I mean, come on, <laughs> probably um,
0: Joe Bigos Joe is probably more, yeah, metal
1: Joe, yeah really, man, exactly. But, uh, yeah, support his films, check out Chris Christmas, check out the rest of the horsemen, and uh, we will see you all next week. Hope you're enjoying. Your, uh, your holiday season, listeners. We'll check
0: you guys out next week, man. Take care.
1: Take care. You
0: are addicted
2: to mutant flesh. Precognitive perception. Cold sweat. Degenerative attention. Side effects. Spontaneous direction. The body You're with You Look at the flesh That brought me Hidden flesh